It's a good win. There's a lot of people. It's like Woodstock, except everybody's got their clothes on. But eat a damn snack. You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. Short steps are better than long steps. That's the only time in your life you're gonna hit short is better than long. What's up, everybody? Hey, boys, give me a round of applause. Final episode of season one. Ryan, That's clap, a big one. clap, Ryan. Clap, please. <laughs> I, I, my hands. I, Man, I, all right. Hey, I, tough I night to. tonight. But hey. We appreciate everybody that's followed along with us so far. We're 614 he- – a little late, thank you. We're 614 headsets, man. Tom Brady said it best. Football is unconditional love, and we couldn't agree more. We're three high school coaches from the Columbus area. Uh, we're excited what we have going on for you for Season 2 coming up. Before we get into it, boys, how's your week been? Say hello. It's been good. A little hectic, but glad to be back on this show with everybody. Q4. That's crazy. We started this, what, almost a year ago? This May, May. Yeah. episode okay. 22. Months we, ago. Yep. That's a, I, that's what I was going to say. It's a lot of episodes, but it feels great to be about to move on to season two. Last week was fantastic. You got a lot of turkey in. Um, did you think those Green Bay Packers were going to win that game or what? I did not. No. I did not. No. I really did it. Diving, let everybody know, what are we getting into today on this final episode of season one? After some debate, we settled on our classic pick six segment. I think there's no other fitting way, more fitting way to end season one than with pick six to start. We got some helmet awards to give out to some guys around the 614 players that we thought stood out from this season and and just had a great year. And then we've got some state championship previews that we're going to talk through each game and kind of give our picks or our thoughts going forward with that. Yeah, let's get into it. Hey, before we do, though, hey, Fundraising University wants to wish uh, everyone a successful and safe season. Uh, Fundraising University is excited to start partnerships at the conclusion of the 2023 season for football programs. But for all you winter spring coaches, if you're listening, reach out to Brent Maxwell at bmaxwell at fundraisingtheletteru.net or 740-501-8946 for all your fundraising needs. He'll get you he'll get you squared away, boys. All right. Ryan, this is your favorite segment. You go ahead and start it off. This is the number one segment for me. This is probably my favorite one that we've ever started. And I hope it doesn't go away because I feel like you guys are not as in-depth thinkers as me, so you don't come up with questions as quick or have them on the spot like me. That's the struggle with the pick six segment. You're not as in-depth thinkers. But I'll move on for now. My first question, since we're in the state championship weekend, if you're in charge of this and you're able to pick where they're playing, are you Tom Benson, OSU, or are you at Maslin? Mm. I'm at all. The reason why? I'm going to keep it at Tom Benson. And I'm going to keep it there because they've gone through all the renovations. And when you look at it, I, I like the venue. I like the nostalgia of it. So many teams playing there. They're at the Hall of Fame and everything. I vote to keep it there. I would pick the horseshoe. Yeah. yeah. I, listen, like not everybody in the state of Ohio is a Ohio State fan, but I bet you most of these kids that grew up like in Ohio were always thought about playing in the horseshoe. It's some capacity, right? Like I'm sure they all want to play Ohio State, but I think 
I would pick the horseshoe. The years they moved it there, it was the worst environment. It looks so bad, but that's my feels. So that's what I was going to say. I, my take on it is I'm not going to the shoe just because it looks like such minimal people. It doesn't even look like there's Fair. a crowd out there. And so that, for me, sucks for a high school kid because you feed off an environment through a high school kid. Then Maslin, it's tough to argue that one because of the fact that it's like, hey, that's, that's a high school team you know what I mean? That's going to maybe play – well, they're playing in it this year. They don't every year, but this year they're obviously playing it. So that would that would be wild to have a home field advantage with that. So I think Tom Benson's the best place, and I don't really care about the drive. Like state championship game day, I, I don't think a lot of schools are, are in session or anything like that, and I don't think that drive is something that's going to really set or, or put – too much effect onto the game just based off of like my experience i don't think the drive puts too much effect onto it especially state championship game if you ain't route yeah ready for that game that's on you i'm with you i personally feel like you get to that game the last thing you're going to be worried about or thinking about is oh no we got to travel two hours to get to tom yeah. benson or don't something you like want to like and i think there's legends there it's a legendary place it's for football fans and for me i'm from yeah. Youngstown up northeast. Ohio, that's just a legendary place. They actually just re-upped it. I don't know if you saw it. They actually just re-upped yeah, the contract. Well, they that's what made me spark my yeah. question. Great question. Um, three years, right? Huh? Next three through, years, I think. Through 2026. Yeah. Yep. I like that move. I think it's a beautiful move. And the locker rooms are sweet in there. I played in there right when it was renovated in college. was my last year. It's great high school environment, too. You can pack the stands there. It is good. It is a good um, venue. So here's my next question, though. And this one might be a little hard to think of this on the spot, but if you're a, say you're a college AD at this point, right? Okay. And all these jobs are opening. What's the one coach that you're pursuing that doesn't really necessarily have a big job, but there's mm. somebody, who are you pursuing? Who am I pursuing if I have something open right now? All right, give me a second. As a head coach. And you can't be like, coach. oh, I'm pursuing Nick Saban. You know what I mean? Like somebody yeah. Come like somebody you can't like Kirby Smart or Nick Saban or yeah yeah it can't be can they like, be a head coach of another program yes 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 right. I got one like a legend already I got, I got one. one too I'm going for the head coach at Utah his name is yeah. escaping me at the moment right Kyle now. Whittingham I thank you sir I am going for the head coach at Utah I love like what they have built I love their culture I love that when they're healthy and they're cooking. They can compete with anybody. And I just think that guy and his staff in a larger setting, say, I don't know, one of these bigger venues that opens, like a Texas A&M, like, that has the money and has the capabilities. You go down to these guys who have won at smaller places and have beaten bigger teams. He would be my pick off, just off the top of my head. Yeah, I'll, I'll stay in the Pac-12 too. I Washington head coach would be good, but I think between him and Dan Lanning at Oregon, the the that, way so we're yeah, in the Pac-12 as well. All right, so there, Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning ain't leaving though, man. No, it, that that'll be your pick. You explain. I'll go with my second one because it was really close. Was still in the Pac-12. Kalen DeBoer at Washington. The way that they've ascended, the way that you can see, like his mind work with his staff too, like his offensive coordinator. And just the way they play, Kalen DeBoer, I don't know if he'll stay in Washington forever. Going to the Big Ten probably helps and hurts that because you're in a bigger time conference, but like also it's not going to be any easier. So I don't know. That's one of those two guys. I just I just got a text message about a, 
a possibility that this coach is possibly going to a, a big school. Um, it's like a joking text, but not really, obviously. And so is the James Madison coach. Yeah. If you guys know who he is, he's been balling. He was at Elon. He turned Elon around, made them be able to be a very competitive school. And he was there, then got the James Madison deal. When now he's turned that place, it's not much turnaround because they've always been successful. But at the same time, he's done a phenomenal job at that level. That would be another person. But Dan Lanning's my person that I'm pursuing 100%. I love his energy. I, I love what Oregon's able to do. And they've definitely shown that they're a great football team. You know what I mean? I think that they're a tough football team and they play hard. And, and you could tell the players like him. That's another thing. Like the players want to play for him and they like him, especially after the Colorado game. Is anybody pursuing prime? Nobody in this group's pursuing prime? Not yet. Here's my thing though. Although they didn't beat anybody with a winning record and they didn't make the, a bowl game, you can't deny the fact though that it created a buzz in the program. They were competitive. They were competitive. Yeah, there's a couple games they lost by a score. You know what I mean? So, like, they're probably sitting around watching. They could probably go on one hand, under five plays completely changes their season, and they're probably bowl eligible. So I really think there will be a time where you see them. The one thing I was going to say is, oh, it's escaping me now. I had, oh, I was holding out hope for Sean Lewis, man. I was holding out hope that Penn State was going to go after Sean Lewis. And my mindset was, my mindset was yeah. he'd be your OC, back up the gold truck for him, bring him in, and then you already have two guys that have been head coaches before, and they're your head coaches in waiting, and it puts a little pressure on James Franklin. Hey, buddy, you got, like, is he going to stay? He just took right? the San Diego State uh, head coaching job. Oh, the other yeah. day. Yep. Okay. So that one kind of – that's why I didn't pick that one because he he went there. But I was really holding out hope for that. I think he does a phenomenal job. Like, he puts up points. And it's a flashy offense people want to be a part of. He's he a hot just, take, I, too. I think he'll just keep going up and up. I think he will, yeah. too. I, I'm really curious to see what happened at Colorado. Like, yeah. why, when you're putting up the points and you're doing what you're doing, do you make a decision to make a switch late in the year like that with somebody else? To me, and the there's got to be leaving right after the year is interesting. <clears throat> there's more to the story that went on there. Hey, yep. great question. Go ahead, somebody else. Those, Those are two good guys. questions, though, right? Those, Those are good. Right. Yeah. All right, Bobby, I'll get my ahead. Turn. Yeah, nothing to do with football. These are just more like some mind twisters, mind benders. First one: What is a food combo that people eat that you absolutely can't stand? I'll give you mine for example. I hate when people put ranch on pizza. I think it's absolutely disgusting. I think it's gross. <laughs> You're it's a communist. <laughs> I love, but I love pizza and I love ranch. That makes or better example, mint like mint ice cream. I know it's not like a combo. That's but no. Both mint ice cream is worse, but both not a fan of. This is a good. This is a solid question, though. This is hard. Mm-hmm. Think of a third one that I hate. I used to be a picky eater. I'm not anymore. Not as much anymore. I'm just a an old yeah. school oh, lineman, man. Nothing really bothers me. Hey, here's me. I, I think this is foul, and I think it's disgusting <laughs> that people eat this. And, you know, the texture of it, and you just disgusting. Makes me want to throw up. 
avocado on toast. Yeah, not a fan. Is is something I can't get down with in Stout's mouth water. I just saw him lick his lips. He's about <laughs> give me a little everything bagel season on there, baby. I'm down yeah. for it. You see, and yeah, I can't get down with the avocado and toast. And and here's another one that's just like not really just a combo, just the thing that people eat. And I just it could be that too. Yeah, it is Jello. <laughs> I, all right. right. So if we're going to change it to a thing that you can't like, that just is repulsive to me. Yeah. Make it easier for you. You go to a nice restaurant and they bring out the fish and it's the whole fish with the head oh, and the yeah. scales on it. To I'm done. Like, I, I'm like, I'm, I don't no. like seafood anyway. So I'm I know, cool. dude. Like, I've been in some places before where they, they, they this big old fish is just, oh, I can't do it, man. This is repulsive. Okay. I would agree I'm cool with that. that. All right. My second question. Do you eat or do you drink soup? Eat. Sayers? Mm-hmm. Good question, huh? Sayers no, was like, what kind of question is that? And then he's actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was about to, be, I was about to roast you for that. And <laughs> then actually, I started thinking of a time. I think, I think it depends on what type of soup you're eating. Sure. You're talking like some Campbell's chicken noodle soup. You could yeah, maybe I, make the argument you eat it. I think. Like the, tomato soup. When we were, when we, this is a wild one. This is what just popped in my head. But when we went to the, and I know you guys remember this, when we went to Tennessee and I took the, all those pictures, that little pirate show that I was at and was sending you guys. Um, so there were there, they had this soup and it was like clam chowder or something like that, but it wasn't like chunky. Mm-hmm. And it was, they put it in a cup and it was fire to drink, but I couldn't imagine eating that with a spoon. But like for me, I can't imagine sitting there trying to drink some, Chicken noodle soup and get a chunk of chicken straight down my throat. No, yeah, that's no homo, but <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just cool. <laughs> like, I don't know if Dottie likes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next question because this is gonna get Stop, out. You got two questions. This is gonna get out. All of right, here. I got one football and, and one with the holidays. Um, <laughs> Donnie, see what you started, bro. This is a hot topic right now. Not as hot as that last question. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like it's a very divided conversation right now. Should O State yes. move on from Ryan Day or think about moving on from Ryan Day? Yes. Gone. The argument of, I think I tweeted this, the argument of who else but Ryan Day is not good enough when you're Ohio State. You can, you can't have the results that he's had against Michigan, against other top teams. I don't want to hear about how it was three or four calls, a crazy call against Clemson a few years ago, and then you play the greatest team of all time, Bama, and then like you play Michigan when they're cheating. I don't care. Like you win those games, or you go even at least. If you go even, I get it. It's dumb luck. It's bad luck. You're one in six, one in seven, whatever that number is. Done. Against top five or that against playoff back. teams, yeah. Now yeah. they in that mix, they included like Oregon from a couple of years ago. If you're going to include Oregon, you should probably include like Penn State the past couple of years. But what do you say, Ryan? Can you go first before? Sorry. Sure, I'll go. That's fine. I, I to me, my answer in a here's my way. thing, and here's how here's how I think about it. He has to win this bowl game. He he has got to win the next game he's in. And my thing is, I'm a little worried and upset at the fact that you look at Ohio State's schedule, 
And almost anybody you hire at Ohio State is going to be able to win and probably do what Ryan Day has done. Because yes. Ohio State has to get up for two games a year, maybe. Right? We're talking about in the regular season, they probably, on average, have to get up for around two games. Okay, right? come on, Coach. Well, seriously. Maybe. Honestly, right now, in the in, while his in his tenure, while he's been there, so he has to get up for Notre Dame and Michigan this year. That's it. Maybe three, if you include like Penn State, and then like they have a good non-conference rival, and then some better teams. Indiana gives us a hell of a game. All the I'm time. averaging it. Okay, let's right. average it at, at three. Okay, yeah. that's all. But here's my take: He's not winning any of those big games when it counts. He is calling and games scared. He's a he, scared head coach. I'm with you. The thing I noticed after the game or what stood out to me when the game was over and I was thinking about it, I didn't see anything that was <clears throat> going for the game. It felt conservative. It felt scared. I didn't see them build on any of the concepts they have done early in the year. They didn't do any of the orbit counter, orbit sweep, set up an orbit, do something, right? They didn't stack plays from anything previously in the year or even in the game. And that's why, to me, I'm just like, I don't know, man. I, I To me, I don't say he's got to be fired right now. Oh. I think you head into this bowl game, though, and if it, God forbid if they get in the playoff, and I hope they don't, but if they do or they play a quality opponent, he's got he's to win his next game. What sucks is that when they played Georgia last year in the playoffs, they – it seemed like he called that game with no fear. Let it rip. Now, granted, you had C.J. Stroud to do that. And so I thought going into this, you'd be like, okay, he's going to call games with no fear. He didn't. Some people would argue that it's because of the quarterback he had. I would argue it's his fault that we have that they have the quarterback that they have. It's his fault. He botched the recruiting situation. He botched the Quinn Ewers situation. He picked Kyle McCord over Jim McCarthy. He picked Kyle McCord over whoever else. It all falls back on him. Gone. Shouldn't have been let back on the plane or bus, whatever they took in. Okay. Thank you, Donovan. You got me into my point of one of my arguments is, was a recruiting move to get Marvin Harrison Jr. to take Kyle McCord since they played in high school together? Was it worth it? Is that what you're asking? No, I'm saying was that one of the moves that happened to where he he botched it, as you say? I don't. Him picking Kyle McCord was botching it. I don't know if they like they were a tandem. They had they both had to go to the same place because McCord was a four or five star recruit at the time too. I don't know if it was like you got to you got to take my quarterback if I'm coming to Ohio State. I, I was just I was just asking. He botched it because that was his, his high school quarterback. But here's my take on this though. I do think I, I think Ryan Day is a good offensive coordinator. When he was calling our offense, I think he was doing a great job as an offensive coordinator. I think as a head coach, call, helping call the plays, he's been a really conservative guy as in he doesn't want to – you know what I mean? He doesn't really want to mess it up for us. He doesn't want to lose the game on that call, on this call, or let his players lose the game as in opening it up, as we would say. I feel like as when he was the OC, he was trying to get some attention or get a job or maybe or something like that. But our offense was way more wide open. We were we, – he was slinging the ball. He, he really had a great offense, I thought. I don't know if you guys agree with that. But I thought he opened it up more. 
And here's the thing. After processing the thing a few days, kind of tough to say, like, finally got with the, what his record is. But at the same time, part of me that hurts me is that he's not an Ohio guy. Like, he, that is something that I think is important at Ohio State. You have to be an Ohio guy. Because that this game means so much to you growing up. Like, I don't care. I don't get I, – I could care less. I don't care if you're a Penn State fan. Okay, let me just throw that out there. But you grew up in Ohio. You know how much the Ohio State-Michigan game means. And you're cheering for one side or the other, no matter what, if you're from Ohio and your team's a favorite. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, you have a different favorite team. But you're gonna you're gonna pick one side or the other at that game if you live in Ohio, because that's just how it is. He's not and an Ohio so, guy. He's not an Ohio guy, and so I think that's a mistake right there that we made when we just let him step into place there. I would love for us to take Rabel. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. I would love for us to take him. He ain't ever coming to college, man. That's fine. Dude, you were saying that. I don't know. Uh, his, I this is his last year of the deal of his deal with the Titans, from what I understand. They're not very good. It's okay. If Ryan Day wins this, hey, if Ryan Day wins next year, I say because they're not going to get rid of him. Here's a, here's a fact: they're not getting rid of Ryan Day, and here's another reason why: Gene Smith yes. is on his way out, right? And, and so, does he really want to fire the coach on his way out and then to leave? No, he's if he not. had any, if he had any stones, he would. But he has He's going to leave it to the next AD, and the new AD is not going to want to make that big of a, a a decision right on the job. I'm with you. He's not going anywhere. I'm just saying. The guy's got to start winning some of these big games. Yeah. All right, stop. Give us your next question. uh, All right, good. Here we go. What is something that was always in your stocking on Christmas? Did you have anything Mm -hmm. that was like a go-to? Your family always put it in there. My family would always put in our stockings fruit at the very bottom. The The classic orange? Yeah. It was an orange. It was an apple. It was apples for a while. And then... I started to become allergic to apples as I got older, like a little bit. And so they had to take out the apples. And so they became what? like, I don't think I thought I'd up. Ever no, no, no. How do you develop like, an apple? I think it's not apples. I think it's like the wax on the outside of them that they put on there. You know what I'm talking about? It's the, you know the skin about? of the apple. No, there's like, there's like a, like when you go to the store and like the apples are super shiny. It's not just from the light. It's not natural. There's like a wax that they put on just normal store-bought apples. I'm going to start calling you Bubble Boy. This dude is ridiculous. Look it up. I'm telling you. I'm with you, though. I I always had that classic Mm -hmm. orange and some of the different chocolates and stuff. And my stockings are hanging up. It just got me thinking. No, I agree. I've had a lot of chocolates. We didn't really do the, like, fruit thing. But one thing that they always topped it off with, like at the very top, and like it was sticking out a lot because you can't stuff it down in there. It was socks and underwear every year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My mom always topped it off with socks and underwear there because that wasn't like a good gift to open. Yeah. She would say, "You know what I mean? When you open socks and underwear, you're like, okay, cool, thanks. You know what I mean? If it's in your stocking, you're like, sweet, that's at the top. You know what I mean? Let me dump this candy out and get to town." There you go. Good little gift cards, maybe things like that. Those are always classic. Yeah, that's the perfect thing. Is yeah. All yeah. right, you guys ready for our helmet awards? Let's do it. Let's- All right, 
here you ready for me to go stout i heard the deep breath like you're gonna talk no i'm good i'm ready i'm ready let's roll into it let's each do one let's like kind of wrap it up yeah here's what we're gonna do is we each pick three (laughs) football players from the area that were studs and guys that stood out to us maybe we watched you guys on film maybe we watched you guys for me Personally, I watched you guys on a Friday night when we played Thursday nights, or maybe I got the chance to coach against you, or these guys did. But we're going to pick helmet stickers and awards for guys that just stood stood out in the area. And I don't think this is going to be our only one. I think we're going to just maybe continue to do this and pick a few more. And like I say all the time, just putting the disclaimer out there when we do things like this with uh, athletes is – there's no bias in here. That we're, we're just doing this for fun. This is something we like to do, and, and these are kids that stood out to us. It doesn't matter if they're on our team, not on our team, but it's just something fun for us to do. But I will kick it off with my first guy that I'm going to give, and it's going to be a guy. I, I got to move him up to number one, actually. I didn't have it in order. I know these guys are probably looking at the script, but I got to give my first guy that I'm going to shout out is uh, Marquise Lucas. He goes by Deuce, and he's a Walnut Ridge kid. He's the quarterback at Walnut Ridge. I couldn't find all of his stats, but he did have 1,900 yards total. And he's only a sophomore, and he got first team all district. And to see him do that, and Stout, he was the one that I called you about the first week, and I was like, bro, you won't believe what this kid said to me. And he was the one that was like, you should put me on your all gas to breaks award. And, and so I have well, Deuce, you are now. So yeah. here you go, big cat. You you get the uh, helmet sticker. And here's the thing. He he did a great job. And I will say he single-handedly beat us week one. And that was uh, my only wa- loss during the season. And number two for them, he, he single-handedly beat us. Now, there was a lot of things, right, 22 penalties, two muff punts, whatever. And, and there was a lot of things we did wrong. But at the same time, their game plan was to drop him back run our corners and safeties and guys off the line and let him just run the ball. And he found a way to make, get it done. And then he could sling the ball and he threw it for a two point conversion at the end of the game to beat us on a slant route. Perfect throwing ball. Um, probably the only ball that receiver caught all night. I think he had like 10 drops in the night. He did a great job. And I just wanted to shout that cat out. And I think he's representing the city well as in last year, he was a freshman bro. And I don't know if you guys read this story, but this dude, never wrestled before and he like played he plays basketball so he went and played basketball but he also wrestled he won the city by just coming out to wrestle for the city then he won districts and he played in a basketball playoff game the same day he won districts Jeez, he's a dog like and he's only gonna be he's only a sophomore this year and he's a big boy uh i i told him i think after the game i walked by him and i told him i was like you remind me of dante culpepper Big old, like, thick boy that can run and throw. It was just, that's all I could think about when that's I was an awesome analogy or comparison. <laughs> like, that's great. That's what I had to tell him. But go ahead. Who's next? Donnie I, or Stout? I guess I'm, I went to the defense and uh, the same thing. I, I tried to spread it around to some, picking three was hard, man, especially when you try to look into other divisions and things like that. I went with Harley Hannah, middle linebacker from Canal Winchester. 173 tackles, 37 TFLs, 14 sacks, three interceptions. Nah, he was the the Division II All-District Defensive Player of the Year. I watched his film, just a, a throwback linebacker. 
I wanted to show some love to the defense and show some love to some other divisions and things. And to me, he really he stood out. He's the guy that I went, went on with my team. Yeah, I'll stick with defense then for this for my first pick. Jalen Joyce from Groveport played D tackle, played the end a little bit, had had 72 tackles, 11 sacks, 30 tackles for loss, was first team all OCC. Uh, and first team all district and was the OCC Buckeye division defensive player there. He was a monster, popped off film, um, gave us problems when we played him. He was really just an explosive player at that position. And he's only a junior. Um, he's got another year left at Groveport. So I think he's going to have a great finish up with a great career there next year as a senior. He's sneaky, explosive and fast, man. That's the thing. About I just him. watched his film. I yeah. just watched it when I was sitting on Twitter. That's one kid that I came across I watched his film, and that's funny you say that. I, I don't know. I feel like the world's just such a small world, and things just yeah. happen. It's funny, but I just watched that film yesterday because I seen. Did he get an offer recently? I don't know if he's gotten any yet. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Some, maybe his film was just posted, but I just clicked on it and I watched it. And this kid was getting off the rock. Mm-hmm. That's all I know is he was getting off. He's the quick, and, and he was making plays. But I'll move on to my next guy, and I'm going to switch it over from. Excuse me, I'm going to switch it over from the defense side. I'm going to go ahead and go with this guy. He, I'm going with the two teams that beat us this year. We're going to 9-2. The first two teams I'm going to talk about have kids on them, and they're the ones that beat us. It's Nate Seavers, and we talked about him before on here. This guy, I, I didn't even – so he posted something on Twitter the other day, and I got to uh, look at it, and it was his career stats and his career awards. And it's pretty crazy the player of the years and the stats that this man put up at Big Walnut. And I don't think that he's getting the offers that I think he deserves. When he played against us, and I'm going to tell you this, week 11, yeah, Big Walnut was rolling, but this man was running that ball against my defense. Hey, when you call an eight-man pressure and they still bust one and he's patient enough to wait for your blitz to go by or they just put one foot in the ground and just go get six yards, four yards. He was wearing us down, then able to hit the big one. Not only that, this dude caught this wheel route as my best corners hitting him with my safety over the top, like colliding with both of them. We're the best position ever on a third and 18, and he comes down with it on the four-yard line. Just making unbelievable plays. I think he's just a dog. These, I just have to shout him out for this. He, he was the 2021 and the 2023 District Player of the Year in Central Ohio. He was the 2021, 22, 23 All State. That I, I I put 23 in there. He has to be All State. There's no That's way. A good assumption. Sorry, yeah. I, I I put that in there for him already. And then he was 21, 22, 23 County Player of the Year. He had 5,898 rushing yards, 98 touchdowns, and 7,036 mm-hmm. yards total, all-purpose yards. Tell me that's not crazy. Jeez. It's crazy. I feel for <laughs> having to replace all that production. It makes me get a little queasy thinking about us, too. <laughs> that's a lot of maybe their offensive coordinator's rolling. Maybe he's just a dog. I don't know what it is, but – that man has some stats and to get all those player of the years. That means sophomore year he was player of the year in the district and county. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, they've been rolling for a while, man. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with running backs mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go with Kentrell Reinhardt. And we've talked about him, a junior from Bishop Reedy, stacking Didn't up the offers. Mr. Ohio. 
It's insane. Uh, that is my sub point. To have just shy of uh, 2,957 total yards. All right, cool. 3,000 total yards, over 2,800 rushing, 43 touchdowns, and you don't even get on the Mr. Ohio list. To me, the most ultimate snub of all time. That's absolutely crazy to me. So my helmet award goes to him. He had a phenomenal year. Can't wait to see what he does his senior year. Heard some things through the grapevine. We'll see what what colors he might be wearing next year from what's been talked about. But not us before people speculate. And I'm not even saying anything because I want to build the rumors. But there's some talk. But here's the thing, though. Is it part of the division that he's in is why he didn't get named on that? But at the same time, is those numbers don't lie. But if you look at... I was the, just asking. If you look at the... Miss, that's a valid point. But if you look at the watch list, there's kids from smaller divisions. Yes. Okay, that's fair. I didn't look at the watch as much. To, I me, on it. to me, it looked like you almost had to go to a regional final to make the list. Because yeah. even the kids on the smaller divisions, they were teams that went further. Now, his stats are just up there are more than all of them. But mm-hmm. to me, it looked like the committee made it be like you had to take your team far in the playoffs, which I, I don't agree with. I think, like you said, his game speaks for itself. Yeah. 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 Those stats are wild. I'll stick on offense. I'm going to go to the quarterback from Grove City, Matthew Pappas. Finished season 71% Pappas. completion rate. Pappas? That's right. Pappas. Matthew Pappas. Thank you. 71% completion rate. 3,319 yards, 37 passing touchdowns, four rushing, and was first team all OC Ohio. I don't know if he was first or second team all district. I feel like he was, but I couldn't see anything. He was first team all district. Yeah. Kid, he he just played with his hair on fire. There was a play I remember watching on film where he was running to his left and turning sidearm through it. And it was like the, it was just one of those throws. If you saw college or NFL level, you'd go, whoa. Perfectly placed, and, and the kid was just a gunslinger. And so he, had a, I thought he had a great career at Grove City. Moxie, he's got Moxie. Mm-hmm. I, I talked about him. You remember he was one of yeah. my earlier guys yeah. too. Um, yeah, and, and I saw he played you guys very tough, right? Like at the end yeah. of the year in that playoff game, and that's how that cat got. He got it. He's a little cold blooded cat, and I think he plays hard. And watching his film, he does that. But here's where we'll go to our third one. And my third one, we're gonna. I'm gonna go over to the defensive side, which obviously I love defensive guys. I love D line, love it, love it, love it. I would, I would do anything for to to play one more snap on D line. That's that's the best position in the game. We used to bully cats like <laughs> little bros, um, but we'll continue on from that. I'll have to go with Angelo McCollum from uh, Pick North. That dude getting uh, district defense player of the year. I wasn't able to see his stats. I don't know. I looked at his huddle. I looked at Max Preps. Maybe Nate got to get somebody, maybe an assistant that can update Max Preps with some stats. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm at a smaller school, but I got an assistant that's able to do that. (laughs) I'd imagine stats could be updated on Max Preps. But I'll continue on. Sorry about that again. Angelo has balled out right i was able to sit there and watch their last game i watched two of their other games when i when we had thursday games because they were on tv i was able to watch your guys's game against them which was great and you guys made adjustments to get away from angelo or they made wrong adjustments and put angelo in spots to where he couldn't make plays maybe that was if i was watching the same game i don't know was that something that happened 
We won't really say anything. But the, uh, he's a great player. I'll tell you what, he's the only player we had the scheme for uh, all mm-hmm. year in terms of a defensive lineman that we said we had to account for with everything we did. It was him. And that, that just knows when you got somebody that commands that type of respect, you know they're a really good player. He, he plays hard. And he's committed to Illinois. And, and you see all his tweets, his things like that. But I could have settled and he stopped making like – all-inclusive highlight tapes that sophomore year. I think he already knew people knew who he was and knew he was a baller. He stopped making the junior year and senior year highlight tapes. I wasn't able to find him on there on his huddle. But just a tough kid, man, and he, and he plays – He, I see him two-gapping some stuff. I don't know if he's coached to do that or what he's supposed to do, what his job is. But when I was watching him, what I thought was impressive as a defense coordinator and watching that makes it very effective for you in calling scheme and calling a defense and – calling stunts is, is a player like him that's able to two gap things and play the a and b gap or, or crossover and play both a gaps if he's in an odd front and those things make it harder on a o-line like you guys coach offense side and you guys know that and if his job is two gap in which i saw him do a lot of times this year and do it successfully against high school kids that's very hard to scheme against he's a barren pass man he's a great player he's gonna do he's gonna do good things would be surprised if he's an all something mm-hmm. in the Big Ten in the future. I wish I had a guy that I could be like, hey, play two gaps, brother. Let's uh, two gap this. I could change the other side. So my my, my last one, I, I went with a wide receiver, and I went with Jackson Wiley, the wide receiver from Olin Tangy. Just a junior, 77 receptions, a little over 1,100 yards, 15 touchdowns. He was a Division One first team all district. I think he just picked up a Marshall offer or somebody recently, and I know that's taken off for him now. He Brunken Meyer. Yep, yeah. Obviously, that connection worked really well and took him very far this year. But that was one of the wide receivers outside of some others. We could have definitely thrown our guy, Jalen Scott, in the mix with those stats as well. And He's uh, related to one of my – he's related to my linebacker. Jalen Scott is. I, is I figured that out. And my linebacker was all district cat. He's a dog, too. That's just in that blood over there. It must be. Uh-huh. So, But he was one that stood out to me, and I, I would give him a helmet award for on the offensive side. I like that choice. Yeah. I was uh, debating whether or not having a third one, but I had to throw one of our guys in there, Ben Morris. Uh, Three-year starter for us at left guard. 30 pancakes on the season. I think he gave up two sacks total in 13 games. Started both ways and probably stout. You correct me if I'm wrong. If I had to average, probably played 60 to 70 snaps per game, sometimes more, sometimes less. Kid was a guy that held down that spot for two and a half, three years. What number was he? 68. I think I just, did you just tweet him or something or retweet his stuff? Yeah, I posted a picture. I think you posted something with him. Yep, I watched something with him. He uh, he's the guy that hasn't gotten those offers, didn't get all the awards and recognitions, but is a guy that I personally think, based off of the tape, it was one of the best interior linemen in the city of Columbus and played against some of the best players, maybe some that you mentioned, and more than held his own. More than held his own. That's my last helmet award was Ben Morris. I like oh, that. That was a good call. I like that session right there. That's a good little helmet sticker award session. Mm-hmm. We get to talk about guys that we don't necessarily coach. Donnie Mack, that's cool that you guys had a guy. I'm sure I'll slide one of my guys in there sooner or later. 
But I had to show love to the two teams that beat us, right? Like Nate Seavers, Mark. It's tough, man. Trying to pick three. Trying to pick three is hard. Yeah. I even I almost wrote honorable mention down for us, but I did it because I know then the list would have just kept going and going yeah. and going. I'd have so made I, three more honorable mentions. I know. So I didn't do it. I, I didn't I, I stayed away from picking we we could have thrown a lot of different names out there. There were guys out there all over balling out this year, and it's crazy too. Columbus underclassmen are stacked. There is mm-hmm. so much talent still coming back, and it's gonna be exciting. Well, it's gonna be fun for multiple years to come in Columbus, Ohio. And speaking of, it's the most fun time there is. Let's get into talking about the state finals. All right, boys. We don't have to spend too much time on every game, but I went down through all seven divisions, and I put the matchups for it, and we'll start at the top. We've got – Hold on, hold on. I want to just ask one question. I'm sorry, Stout. I'm sorry, Kyle. What's our favorite matchup before we get into this? Without uh, even being said, what's our favorite one we want to see the, the score of? Mine's That's close, it. though. I got two different ones. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I know that people want to hear the matches, but let's just – I'm going to take the Division even... Two game of Master yeah. Washington or Hoban, or I'm going to go that Perry-Liberty Center game. Yeah. How about you, Ryan? I really – I like the Maslin versus Hoban game. I like that a lot. But, man, do I don't know why – but, dude, I'm rooting for Bishop Watterson. I'm just I in to say. I want to see the Bishop Watterson to leave a Central Catholic game. Yep. And I wish I had a chance to go to that. And I have one of my boys I played with at college. He's a, he's one of the coaches there. He's a DB coach there. Brad McCurdy, shout out to you, brother. Like, being able to experience that, hopefully you got you guys have a dub there. That's the, the – everybody's going to say the Akron-Hoban Maston mm-hmm. game. Such a good I'm game. saying that's the one I want to see the score of. If we're talking the number one game we want to see the score of, 23 point favor for TCC. I don't like it. I like it. generous. And Waterson torched us in a seven on seven earlier this year. They were bullying us. They seem they seem like a team of destiny almost. You know what I mean? Like they're very committed. I know they brought back a lot from last year. They've been speaking a state championship all year and they've willed themselves to this point. I'm with you. I think that's a big spread. Seal Central Catholic has been there, done that, and they're really good, but Obviously, root for a Columbus team, though. You know what I mean? We got to root for a 6-1-4 team. Absolutely. Yep. So, go ahead, Kyle. That's fine. I love it. Let's start at the top. Division one, Lakewood St. Edward Springfield rematch. Is this a third year in a row? Yes. Third year in a row. St. Ed's favored by 24. And it's funny. When we started this segment and started talking about the playoffs, I said, could Springfield be that St. X team that went five and five Bro, and rattled off just, the next ones? You you stole my thunder, Kyle, because I was going to bring that up, and I wanted you to remember that I remembered that, and that's where I was like, Bro, Kyle was right. And you, we said, and I even said it, I think of that part, hey, Mo Doug does a great job over there. Sure. Mm-hmm. And they've been deep to that playoff game. There's younger classmen that have played deeper and later in the season. It's just a different type of ball game there. And I think, dude, I want to take Springfield this year, man. I really want them to win this game. I'll take them like against the spread. I think you gave you give me twenty four for Springfield plus twenty four. I'll take that all day. I, in the end, I get money line with them. To me, it's the St. Ed's defense. I'm not yeah. taking anything from their offense. They do a lot of great stuff too. Because anytime somebody can just show up and 
run wide zone and veer and, and mix in a little gap yeah, scheme power read and just boom, they're really good. But that defense is phenomenal. I think it's a big spread too. Obviously, they're, they've been destined to get back here again. Be... Wildcat into my veins. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a that's it. I hope they can, man. I re- I really do. And I'm, I'm excited for them. I would love to see them finish that off. The game that starts tomorrow, boys, Division Two, Nashville, Washington versus Akron Hoban. I got to be honest, it looked like Akron Hoban wasn't going to get past Avon. Um, taking Nashville, Washington in a blowout. I don't care what anybody says. I'm taking it in a that's nine points. If anyone wants to take me on a $10 bet, and I will give you guys right now, I'll give Akron Hoban 21 points. I'll take it. Deal. Done. 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Deal. So he gets 21? Yeah. You, Is that I'm the terms of the deal? Hoban. You're spotting him 21 points? I'm going to 20 and a half because if we win by 20, Maslin wins by 21. Yeah. 20 and a half. So that's fair, right? Yeah, I think it's very fair. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll give you 20 and a half points. Well, I would have done it. For I, I like Maslin too, man. They just a team on a mission, and I think this is the year that they're going to figure it out and and do it. So I'm with you on the Maslin train. Are you willing to negotiate lower though, Donnie? Is what you no, mean? you're locked in, brother. <laughs> I, I, I said, yeah, listen, I, I said it. I would go. Yeah, I would have done it if you would offer yeah. a different. You stepped into the batter's box with that bold take, baby. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. I'm gonna take mine. I was just asking. Can I ask as a businessman that's not really a businessman? Mm-hmm. No, you're you're locked in. Twenty yeah, and a half. Every, we got we got documentation. So I'll throw it in there. Uh, we we went with the D three game already a little bit. Um, Division four, a team that we got to go see in person and scrimmaging, and to and and honestly. Next to Lakewood St. Ed's, it is the biggest team I think I've ever seen in person. Mm-hmm. Cleveland Glenville versus Kettering Archbishop Alter. Now, Glenville's only favored by six. Give me I'm Glenville taking Glenville six. again. Yeah. You're uh, taking I, Glenville I, again? I bet it up to nine and a half if you're up to man. I, I like Glenville in this just because the athletes I saw with. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, it's really tough to talk, stop those guys. I Huge. was watching. I, I What did I watch at the beginning of the year? Brownsburg scrimmage, maybe. Maybe like, that was what that's it was. what we I went and watched, and I was like, "Holy cow!" Oh, intentional. I, I remember walking out. No, I didn't go to. Somebody sent me a video of them. There was something that I was able to watch at Glenville in a seven on. And I remember being like, "Wow, those receivers are huge!" And I was like, "Also, then you were able to see their O line that was over on the other side. It was a little deeper than what we were and able to see on film, but." I looked and it just looked like they were mauling the kids in the background. Not a lot of people watch background film, but I was watching that. I'm like, these guys are huge. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know, Stout, you said that, but that's what I thought on just like film. It's one of the biggest teams I've seen just across the board. Just big, strong. They've got a big back. They've got a fast back. It's such a change up. Chippy, your Northeast are out your Cleveland, your Glenville. Yeah. You're a little chippy. You're tough kids. I like I'm it. with you. I'm going to pick the Glenville as well. Me too. Division five, Perry versus Liberty Center. Uh, Coach Bob Gessowich. Coach Gessowich. Give me that guy. Hey, give me him. Minus 14. 13 and a half, actually. I'm going Perry. They have been – somebody said a statistic, and it's jumping me right now, but the amount of running clocks they got this year is out of this world. Was it – yeah, I'll take another minus 13 and a half. And I'll give Perry starting the game at 13 and a half under 
right? Minus 13 and a half, and I'll go another $10 for a $20 bill. Listen, I'm picking Perry too, but unfortunately I don't know enough about these teams to give you $10. I do know enough about Maslin and Akron Hoban, which is why I was more than happy to jump into that with you. Okay, then how about you just jump into another one out of some luck? You said 13 and a half, but I'm but I'd pick that with you. I'd pick Perry at 13 and a half with you. You tell me you're coming to that, I'll be like, yeah, let's roll with it. All right, I'll take the other team 13 and a half. Plus 13 and a half then. All right, deal. All right, deal. <laughs> guy's got plenty of money. He's not married, has no kids. <laughs> Splitting an apartment no, with no, his fiance. No, I, like, I, oh, you can handle this ten dollar bet. I can't wait until I hope Amanda doesn't hear this. Uh, <laughs> Because, hey, if I got $20 on the table, I might be in trouble. <laughs> I, just, I can't wait until when one of us wins, one of us loses, and we just text back, all right, so we're even. <laughs> we're good. Zeroes across the board. Goes to the show. That's, that's why I was making that second bet. <laughs> Division six, Kirtland versus Versailles. Yeah. Yeah. Versailles. That just like the country in Europe. Let, the, the city in Europe. Let me give you this. I watched them last year. I, I want to take them just because I liked how they played football. They played hard nose. They hit a little bit hard. My favorite by two. And they played on Friday, and I got to watch it. I logged into my little spectrum app at school, and I told our kids to work very hard on their assignments I gave them to watch some state football championship. Give me Kirtland. Give me the underdog. Jesus. God, how can you even call them the underdog, dude? That's what's crazy. Two-point two underdogs. Okay. Like, Do you want to make it Donnie? Give me a fair one on this one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll go. I'll get I'll take Kirtland plus two. You would take Versailles minus two. Yeah. Okay. Ten you bucks. want to make it like a field goal. You want to make it like three, three and a half. No, no, I like the two. I like okay. the two. Because right. you, you're not going to get a safety on Versailles. No, it's a pick 'em game. It's Let's fun. just do that then. And another 10. We got 30 out there on the table. Done. All right. Sounds good. Kyle, write these down, please. We'll have them. I'll have them. No, because I'm not going (laughs) to. I'm not paying. We'll get it. Don't worry about it. We'll get it. Division seven. Surprise. Marion Local versus Dalton. Marion Local favored by 24. Marion Local. If anybody else takes them, and I don't even want to put a spread on it because, like, they might take it easy because they feel bad for the other team. They, I I don't know. It's Marion Local. There you have. I hope we have some. I hope we have some great games. I know I'll be watching it on the Spectrum app as well. I won't confirm or deny if any of that happens in school, but hopefully I get to watch it some too. I'm gonna uh, tell everybody at Westerville. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. The Wi-Fi's blocked there on school hours. My Wi-Fi's been terrible at school, man. I've had to start stop hey, watching film at school because it's. Can been you so give bad. me a shout out about how my Wi-Fi looks right now, though? This past episode, it's gotten it, better. Yeah. You like yeah. that? We still it was need, a little spotty at the beginning. For yeah, you, we still really need to get you out. a mic, though, man. I, I need you to get invested here in season two. Yeah. Hey, here's on, the you thing: you, I live on the edge, and people like that about me. Get something cheap. One of these little people blue like that about me. That's my. That's well, my. Hey, maybe Santa will get him something. Santa it's might have girl. to get him something. It's my character too. And people are like, "Hey, he lives on the edge. He's just a wild son of." A... Never mind. But Let's do it. Hey, Sayers, wrap this thing up, man. Hey, talk hey. to him about the clinic. Hey, listen, we would love to have everybody out for the clinic. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna start off with that. I'm not gonna recap the episode, but. We'd love to have everybody there. I think it's going to be a fun time. And, and we're talking about renting space, maybe. We're talking about whatever you guys want as an in-person or on a clinic. 
or on a virtual platform, whatever you guys want. And we, we just want to make it easy for you guys. And we just want to talk football with some great people. And we have some great connections that we love talking football with. And and if it's in person, we get to have a couple of beers together and maybe order some food, have a good time and just, you know, just enjoy our time together as coaches and feed off one another. So I would love for you guys to hop on Twitter and Coach Stout put it out. I quoted it. I know Donnie retweeted it. Make sure that you guys uh, go look at that and, and sign up for the on the Google form and just let us know if you're available on the date that we chose. And we'd love to have you there. But Huge shout out to my guy, Brent. He already knows I'm about to get rolling with my guy at Fundraising University here soon because right now he's bought us, he's been able to buy us three jerseys in the last two years with his fundraising that he's done for our program and the knee pads, the footballs, the the mouthpiece, all the little things that you got to get. And that's from Fundraising University being able to help our program. So please make sure you shout him out or give him a call or just see how it can help you because he will do that. But other than that, man, this wraps up season one, and it's crazy because mm. it came as a vision at first. Like, hey, texting in a group message, let's maybe do this thing, guys. But like now we're 22 oh, episodes Lord. in, and we're about to go into season two and about to do a lot bigger things and, and try to just keep this thing rolling and just provide for Central Ohio coaches. What do you guys think about that? I'm excited for season two. It's crazy what we've learned and done along the way. And there's some ups and some downs and it's, it's been exciting and how we're just nestling to what we do. I'm excited. I'm excited for the clinic January 27th. Like I said, we want to try to do it in person and a virtual stream at the same time. You signing up lets us know it's something you're interested in. And, and by but that shows us how far we can take something too. help us out, reach out to us on Twitter, subscribe, help share the show. Like even even if you don't listen to the full thing, help share it. Season two for us is a lot about growth. We want to see how we can continue to grow. And how we can help coaches or help, like whenever you give us ideas, how we can yeah. help. Maybe big thing for us ever. is content related to strategy. We've got some big ideas. We've got some new equipment in, how we're going to get on the board a little bit and get into actually so some more X's and O's to go along with the podcast. Let us know some topics maybe you would like to hear about. I think the first one we're going to talk about is a Maybe a little duo and defending the duo is going to be our first board talk. But if you have any other ideas, we'd appreciate it. But, hey, if you take the time at all to help us listen, if you're a, a subscriber, we just want to say we, we thank you so much and stay with us. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, guys.